Hey. Is this thing on? Oh, it is? Word, word. You are now listening to Lecture Hall, brought to you by studentunionsports.com. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. We get to be brothers? Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. I'm a peacock! You gotta let me fly! Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Oh, shit, no, I got a better, I got a better uh, intro than that I just thought of as I started it. Okay. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to another spooky edition of Lecture Hall, brought to you by Student Union Sports, it's your boys, Big Hopper, Chuta, Sillings in the house, love it, bringing the energy, it's time to go, Chuta, here with the syllabus. What's up guys, classes in session, Hoppa, I can't believe you restarted the intro to do that, but we'll take it, we have a loaded syllabus this week, lots of lots of headlines uh we're gonna lead off with last week we said that hop and i were playing each other in fantasy football i won the matchup by nearly 100 points um but we could never come to a bet because we couldn't figure out what i was going to do if i lost which i don't know why we even stalled on that there is no question that i wasn't going to that i was going to win that matchup but anyways uh world series game Five is it going on right now? Game six right now? Six. Game six. Game six. The Rays. Some dude named Randy hit a home run, put the Rays up one nothing early. Um, we'll see if that one holds. We, they have Blake Snell on the mound, so bodes well for them. Uh, Antonio Brown and Des Bryant both back in the league. Des to the Ravens practice squad. Practice squad, not active roster. The practice squad, and Antonio Brown to. Of all teams, Tampa Bay teaming up with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, uh, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, and Tom Brady. And that's just their offense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After an impressive week one performance that we will talk about more later on, Wisconsin redshirt freshman, Graham Mertz has tested positive for COVID-19 along with potentially their, I guess, third string, but right now would be their second string Chase, quarterback. Chase Wolf has Chase in fact Wolf tested positive as well. Also tested positive. They're roommates. So what can you expect? Kind of a stooge move by Wisconsin, putting, you know, your backup and your third string as roommates together in a global pandemic. So one gets it, the other one is too. But um, they're going to be rocking their fourth string quarterback. And as a Purdue fan, I can tell you, when you end up with the walk-on fourth-string quarterback, he just ends up starting your season opener the next year, and he wins the game. So (laughs) we'll see what happens in Wisconsin. Um, And then the NBA is bound for another electric offseason because that's what the NBA does best. It's all about electricity. It's all about drama. It's the modern-day WWE NBA offseason, the draft is supposed to start November 18th with free agency starting at the 20th to the 22nd. 
training camps are supposed to potentially start December 1st with the first game supposed to be played December 22nd. That's all yet to be confirmed, signed, sealed, delivered. It's yours. Um, still waiting to see if the players accept that offer and they can get that get things rolling for the 2021 season post-bubble, um, I'm sure. As mm-hmm. news comes in on that, we will probably talk about it at some point, even though we're not the biggest NBA guys. Today's show, I mean, we're giving you your usual winners, losers, takeaways. We're going to react to the week one of the Big Ten and the rest of college football. Hoppa has a little bit of a lecture, of a lecture to end the show. If you saw the Student Union Twitter today, there was a poll, should adults 21 years or older be wearing jerseys to sporting events? Hoppa's going to get into that one. And we have 2016 Olympic gold medalist. Yes, you heard me right. An Olympic gold medalist is going to grace your ear holes later in the show. Sammy Hill, if you heard that last name and was like, that sounds familiar, it's because we interviewed her brother Deacon as our technically first but aired second interview behind the one and only Tender Daddy. We have her on the show. We're going to talk Olympics. We're going to talk gold. We're going to talk Rio, water polo, Wisconsin, of course, because it's Hoppa. There's a lot to get into there. Before we get into the interview with Sammy, Hoppa, hit me with that Gibbs read. What's up, everybody? It's uh, It's been a week. We got to use up our Gibb products. All right, folks. It's almost time to get the holidays. And what a better way to do that than to get your loved ones some Gibbs. All right. For the man in your life. Hey, heck, for the woman in your life. All right. You never know. Whatever. They have plenty of stuff. Sick merch. Awesome bandana that I still need to wear more often. All that kind of stuff. Shirts. And of course, they have like, I don't know, the wash buckler soap bar, the three in one beard, hair, and body wash, the biofuel conditioner, all their pomades, all their beard oils, folks. I don't know what you're doing, but if it's not using the code HALL15, H-A-L-L-1-5 at gibbsgrooming.com to get 15% off of a Gibbs order for you or a loved one, then you're just being ridiculous. That's just not being smart. Almost is not as smart as having your backup and your third string quarterback as roommates. Almost, folks. Everyone, go to gibbsgrooming.com, G-I-B-S-G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G.com, gibbsgrooming.com. If you really love your family, like I'm sure you'll think you will once you get to the holidays and remember how much you hate some of your relatives, you're going to want to use the code HALL15 to get them or yourself 15% off of Gibbs Grooming products, H-A-L-L-1-5, HALL15 for 15% off at Gibbs. Now. Here's Olympic gold medalist, Sammy Hill. All right, and now we have on Sammy Hill, sister of Deacon, well, future Wisconsin Badger quarterback, but we have with us a UCLA Bruin, gold medal winning, water polo goalkeeper, Sammy Hill, like I said. Sammy, we are so glad to have you on. Like I said when we were talking just before this, it's not every day that you get to go to work, sit in your back office, and talk to an Olympian. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a really nice morning here in San Diego. Um, I'm really excited to be here and to chat about the Olympics and my brother. It's so exciting for him to be going to Wisconsin 
Um, I've never been to Wisconsin, so I'm really looking forward to visit Madison and see what all the hype is about because I hear it's oh. amazing. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course, yeah. Harrison, Harrison can tell you all about the great times in Madison. It's 50 and raining here, so it's pretty great, <laughs> pretty great for for me today. But yeah, um, I, I like I said uh, kind of before this was like. It feels crazy. Like everybody was like, COVID is ruining sports. It's ridiculous. Like we need sports back now. And arguably the biggest event sports event ever that happens every ball, well, every two years with the winter, but uh, the summer Olympics every four years, like this is the biggest culmination of sports just got canceled. And I feel like people don't even have a clue like, or didn't even realize it. Like the Olympics of all things got canceled. How do you feel? Do you feel the same way that like people don't realize that like one of the greatest sporting events in the world got canceled or I think people are missing, you know, being a part of it through their TV screens. And um, it's just a huge part of our sports culture. And every four years, everyone looks forward to it. But there's so many things that go into it being postponed. Um, I don't think the general person would think about how many athletes, uh, maybe this is their third Olympics, who are, you know, months away from competing at the games and now have to readjust their mindset to go back to full-time training for another year and a half. Um, And I think for most of my teammates, that's the hardest part. And um, what's really fun is, is when you tune in to watch the Olympics, you're watching, you know, the best of the best and you're watching them at their peak, but there's so much training and um, so many hours that go into, you know, that show or that, we always talk about um, the Olympics and, and playing the game being the fun part, but the work that goes into it is, you know, the hardest part. So now all these athletes are having to retrain their brains to, you know, go back to training and giving it their all again um, for another year and a half. So I think that's the part that people miss. It's so, it's so crazy because like you said, every four years, like the training, like, Obviously, you're in the pool uh, as a water polo player, goalkeeper, and then, you know, we had, what was that, like now 10, 10 12 years ago, um, Michael Phelps uh, in the Beijing Olympics where people, like, I, don't, I think they got, like, finally got the insight as to how hard, like, at least one athlete works, especially, like, a swimmer is, like, an insane, and, like, you, especially one who has to then throw a ball into a goal, like, it's so insane, but um, how – so how do you think, I know you mentioned kind of like a year and a half more of a training. How does that affect like the roster uh, between alternates and uh, how, who might be starting and who might actually get the playing time and, you know, another year older, how much does that all affect like what we'll see from the water polo, the USA water polo team in 2021? Yeah, there's um, in our team in general, team USA, we usually have younger athletes come and train um, I think that's one of our strengths as a team. Um, our coach, Adam Kerkorn, loves to bring young young athletes up. So we have high school girls training. Um, my younger sister, Abby, she's a freshman. Well, now she's a sophomore at UCLA, but um, <clears throat> she's training with the senior team right now. So I think rosters will be affected by um, – we have these, you know, older girls who are done with college who maybe um, want to kind of move on with their lives and – um, we have people who are in college who may have to take another year off. And then we have young girls who are taking, you know, um, a bunch of their time to come and train. And so I think it's going to be a very big change, um, on how Adam, our coach decides who he's going to have, 
be on the final team. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to think, uh, especially for the older girls, you know, having to full-time train for another year, I keep saying it, but it's just like in my brain, I'm thinking if this happened to me, cause I'm retired now, but if this happened to me, I'd be like, Oh my goodness, you know, I have to go back and train for another year and a half. And it's not, um, it's not like just a Saturday training. It's every day, twice a day in the pool. Um, it's your job basically. And so I think going forward, it's going to be a mental struggle for some people. And I think whoever pulls through and, um, how they can adjust to this new situation is going to affect the roster. That That's so wild. There's so much that goes, like you said, into the Olympics. I don't think anybody realized and like just hearing it straight from straight from you is just, is like mind boggling. Um, I want to get, I just want to ask. So you Deacon has you and two other sisters, correct? Three sisters in total. You're saying like, are, are all three and you said you younger sister abby are all three of the other sisters olympians as well are you all, all three so, of you? yeah so i'm the oldest um cody is two years younger than i am um and then abby is a sophomore in college and we all went to ucla played water polo so i played with my sister cody for two years in college and then she was selected to train with the women's international team. So we start with about 20 girls at the beginning of the whole training cycle. We call it like each Olympic cycle is called a quad, we call. Um, and so we start with a training team that may be 20, 25 girls and it gets slowly whittled down um, for travel teams that are usually 13 or 14 girls and then eventually the Olympic team. And so my sister was part of that whole process up until, I believe, April of 2016. Um, unfortunately, she didn't make the, full the final roster, but she trained the whole time, um, was there for us. Even when she got cut, she still trained with us afterwards to help us go to the Rio. And along with another player, Elise Williams, um, they all came to Rio and watched us, and they're a huge part of our success. But yeah, my sisters, we both, we all trained for, um, on the national team. So my sister was one of the last cuts for the Olympic team. So we're water polo all the way. <laughs> are, are you guys like the first family of like water polo? Like, are you just like, like <laughs> the goat family of water polo? That's insane. We actually have a long history in USA women's water polo of sisters competing. So we had on the team, um, when we won gold in Rio, we had a pair of sisters um, and then previously to that, in 2012, we had a pair of sisters, the Steffens, um, compete. So it's been a long-standing tradition for USA water polo, which is kind of funny. Um, but in general, water polo is kind of that sport. Once the first sibling starts playing, so I was the guinea pig, I had to test it out first. <laughs> so um, I went, and then, of course, my sister had to come with me, you know, so then it kind of trickles down. I was taking Abby and Deacon to morning practices at 5.30 when they were seven, eight years old. <clears throat> and it's kind of grown into this massive family sport here on the West Coast. And we're trying to get it on the East Coast because it's such a great sport. Um, we kind of equate it to lacrosse. We don't have very much lacrosse out here, but on the East Coast, it's pretty prevalent. So, Oh, that is so crazy. Like when you first brought it up and like everything with, when we interviewed Deacon, like now it seems like forever ago, the water polo like that like you said like it's just not what it is here I mean the water polo that we do is like going tubing on a lake and then throwing each other off 
rather than using a ball to throw into a net. It's all, it's just so crazy to see, like, that's an awesome comparison to lacrosse to the water polo. What is the hardest, what's the hardest part of the game? Like, like I said, I like doggy paddle. I can't even hardly swim. I can't hardly read, can't hardly swim. What's the, what's the hardest part of water polo? I think there's two parts. Um, my coach, Adam, he always says water polo is the easiest sport to quit because oh. it takes a super high level of dedication to play water polo. You could probably take a week off and lose all of your conditioning training. That's how fast it goes. And so for quarantine, these kids who haven't been in the pool for months, um, it's pretty rough when we got back in the pool recently. Um, So I think that's one of the hardest parts is that you have to be dedicated. I mean, we go for my high school team in season, we go double days in the morning, 5.30 conditioning, then we come back in the afternoon for two hours. So it takes a really high level of conditioning. I know your face is <laughs> hard pass. And, I mean that um, in the nicest way. So one, dedication to the um, schedule, and then two, our conditioning is out of this world. Um, you have to be able to swim fast. You have to be able to tread water. Um, you can't touch the bottom, you can't touch the sides, um, and then you're being hung on by the opponent. Um, it's a very physical game, very fast. Um, there's a lot of grabbing, there's a lot of, you know, <clears throat> physicality. If you've ever watched water polo, it's pretty rough out there. Um, and so it just makes it really, really important to be well conditioned. So we do a lot of conditioning. Well, that's bad news for me that. because I was a <laughs> high school pitcher who could have played at the next level, not a very high next level, let me tell you, a very glorified high school, and I'm not the most conditioned. <laughs> so I can't, I can't imagine. I'm more of a float-on-the-lake guy. I don't, know that, I don't know that I could do the floating in the pool. I have to use the sides to get out. It's ridiculous. But, uh, <laughs> so you go – so you're playing this game. You're dedicating all this time, um, and you finally, you finally, like, have kind of found – the path to like getting there you're on the team like what you get to the highest peak like what is your favorite part of those Rio Olympics when you won gold um there are so many favorite parts I think one of them was opening ceremonies being part of that I mean I watched on tv for years and to actually put our outfits on to be in the tunnel you know waiting to go out for the athlete parade I have chills thinking about it um was just absolutely amazing and to be part of something like that was you know my dream come true and then obviously being up on the podium and hearing your national anthem um as your flag is being raised with a gold medal around your neck I mean you just can't get any better than that um and I think like a month before we (laughs) every day on the way to practice I would listen to the national anthem (laughs) just because I wanted to hear it one more time when I was on the podium <clears throat> and I didn't want to hear it unless I was up there and only the winning team gets to hear their their anthem and so I think for me one of my favorite parts was <clears throat> looking up and seeing all of our our fans that came to Rio family members friends um and just knowing that the medal represents all of them um I represent my country obviously but so many people were a factor in us winning that medal Um, Whether that means, you know, they gave us a meal along the way, a ride, let me borrow their goggles, all those people were a piece of my medal. So I think that's my favorite part. So what's it like being an Olympic athlete when you're at the Olympics, when you're living in the village between competitions um, and then even like after, say, 
after the water polo part of the Olympics is done and you're still there with everything else going on? What's that whole experience like? Yeah, I mean, it was, I kind of fangirled, honestly. All these major <laughs> athletes are there. Um, I think my favorite part was um, I would sit in the cafeteria for hours if I had time just to see all the athletes come in, hoping I would see, you know, like Usain Bold or seeing these big names. Um, but it was just amazing to be surrounded by all these athletes and even sports I had never were never on my radar, um, just listening to them talk about it. And um, unfortunately, water polo, our tournament lasts the whole span of the Olympics. And yeah. so um, we get their opening ceremonies and we, you know, have a game and then you have a day off and then a game and have a day off if you're lucky to pr progress. Um, and so we had, you know, two a day training in between our games. And so we were very busy. Um, didn't get a ton of time to go watch other events or anything like that. But then again, you're there for one reason and we were focused and we're dialed in. Um, and then it's like 14 days and then the closing ceremonies happen. And by then you're just ready to go home and get some rest <laughs> and enjoy your gold medal. That sounds coolest person that you ran into when you were at the Olympics. Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, that's a really hard one. <laughs> I don't know. I My favorite part, a couple of people that I met um, were the weightlifters from various countries. Um, they were just amazing. Like, I was just in awe of them and their, their physicality and just how they looked. I just was obsessed. Like, I would try to meet as many as I could. Um, but we did meet the basketball team on the way to opening ceremonies, which was awesome. Um, you never realize how tall they are until you're standing next to them. Like, I think I'm pretty tall, but I'm not even close to how tall they are. Um, but yeah, I think the basketball team, we met a bunch of them and um, they were super, super cool. So you party with them? No, unfortunately. I, I guess you said it lasts the whole time. That'd probably be, that'd probably be pretty tough. Yeah. Oh. So I, I do want to ask too, like when you're, do the, how does like the food situation work in the village like is there like a ton of just like diversity in the food in the food game yeah so there's a humongous cafeteria that's open 24 7 um and you can kind of go eat when you want um in rio there was a really long line of kind of like um people would serve you so like really really long um and my favorite part was they had so many different kinds of popsicles. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but they had so many different kinds of popsicles. We got to eat fruit ones and chocolate and vanilla. They're so good. So that was my favorite part. Um, so there's cafeteria and then there's also um, a McDonald's, which TVSA sponsored by McDonald's. But the line was like an hour long every single day because everyone's McDonald's, right? And so on our way to the semifinal, we're like, hey, if we win our semifinal, we will allow ourselves to get some chicken nuggets. I'm like, okay. So we went to the semifinal and I have the best video of my roommate and I jumping on our beds with um, McDonald's cheeseburgers. It's like the funniest video. <clears throat> so that's kind of how the situation goes. Um, free McDonald's and um, cafeteria. It was awesome. We had a great time. And um, luckily as Team USA, we we're fortunate to have nutritionists down there who set up, you know, like snack lounges all over our um team usa little condo thing so we were never hungry <laughs> we were well taken care of the last question i really have is like 
how do how does America stack up as somebody who now is going to be forever endowed in the game of water polo? I know the women's game has only been around since two thousand in the Olympics. Correct. Like, how how do we stack up? Like, are we gonna are we like? Is it the every year kind of expect gold or or how do we feel about twenty twenty one? So looking forward to twenty twenty one. Historically, Team USA, we have medaled every single Olympic since 2000, since women's was in the Olympics. Let's um, go. Let's go, yeah. Um, we're the only team to win back-to-back golds. Um, oh. And so we, I think when I was on the team, we our record was, we had only lost three matches in a span of probably three years, three and a half years. Um, there's some stuff, I can't remember it, but... Um, but yes, we are definitely a front runner, um, but we have huge competition. Um, there's so many teams out there that are amazing, but we, um, really focus on our coach always says pressure is a privilege, which is my favorite quote. I tell that to Deacon all the time and my siblings, because, um, having pressure on you is, is such a privilege and you really have to use it to, you know, fuel your training, fuel your mindset and, we definitely have a big target on our backs as Team USA, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It forces us to, you know, really push ourselves in every aspect of our game. So, I, as an inquisitive mind, I could ask you questions for hours, but <laughs> I will decide to respect your time. Harrison, do you have any last questions? Um, just one more. One more would be like standing on that podium with the gold medal, the national anthem playing. Will you ever have an experience in your life? that makes you feel close to the way that made you feel? Man, that is the question of the decade, I feel. Um, and many athletes talk about it. You come home and they call it the post-Olympic slump. And um, I definitely went through it. I didn't think I would, but I definitely went through it. And um, you have to kind of pick up, pick yourself up after achieving this, you know, lifelong goal. It's like, oh my gosh, what, what do I do now? Like, what am I going to do? You know, especially for me who I, I retired. Um, but I'm really finding joy in coaching and giving back to my community of water polo. And um, I coach club, I coach a high school girls and boys team, and it's so rewarding. And um, I get to watch the development of these young athletes and it kind of, you know, keeps me in the sport, but also um, on a different path where I'm learning things every day. I think that's the biggest thing for me is I need to be learning and growing and changing every day. And so um, coaching is definitely giving that back to me. And I don't know if I'll ever find something that'll make me feel as an athlete like that. But as a coach, I'm finding ways to fulfill my life through my athletes. That is that is awesome. Sammy, <laughs> you are fantastic. Whenever whenever Deacon gets to Madison and you you get a chance to come up here let me know. We'll show you around. I'm also expecting some free water polo merch. So now I can just yes. be all in. Yes. Like Absolutely. whatever you have, <laughs> whatever you have, I'm like all USA. I'm your whatever your high school that you coach, whatever. Absolutely. I'm all in. I'm all in on women's water polo now. Awesome. Yay. We love new fans. And how young is too young to get started in water polo? Because Hoppa has a child who is almost a year old. So Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's got some legs on her. She's got her dad's tree trunk awesome. legs. Yeah, Deacon started, we threw him in the pool when he was like four, I think. 
and he used to come to practice with us. Um, water polo has, USA Water Polo as a community has a splash ball. Ten and under water polo, you can be as young as six. So it's really, really fun. If she likes to swim, then she'll love water polo. She should definitely try if you guys have it around you. I got to get her some floaties for next summer. We're going to be in the pool. There's yes, going to be lots of absolutely. hours in the pool. Maybe if I come out there, I'll give her a little lesson. It'll be great. Oh, that would be awesome. Sammy, thank you so much for your time. No, we enjoyed you having so you on. Much. Thank All you right. So much. We'll talk to yeah. you later. See ya. <laughs> Bye. What an awesome interview with Sammy. Uh, just an absolute, like, she is the coolest, like, super chill person, like, that's just not what I expected from somebody who is an Olympic athlete. Like take, take all, take all your professional athletes. You have your football players, your basketball players, all that. Yeah. Well, guess what? She's won gold medal in the Olympics as a goalie on a water polo team, a sport that probably takes more muscle usage than I've ever used in my entire life to this point. Like what an insane, what an insane sport. What an awesome, awesome guest she was. Uh, and it kind of shed some light on some of the Olympic stuff. So we loved having her. Obviously, my sister, Deacon Hill, who probably should report to campus early here for the Badgers <laughs> as we get into our week one talk. But thank you again so much, Sammy. I'm, I'm, looking, for my, I'm looking for my Team USA, or uh, I believe it's Del Norte High School water polo gear. So I'm looking out for that, Sammy. Do you think Olympic gold then, medalist LeBron James would have been that nice and talkative with us? I don't think so. Oh, absolutely not. The guy is <laughs> that guy's a jerk, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Right, you, I, you know what? LeBron James, banned from lecture hall. I don't know about that. I would yeah. let him refute my claim. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll take it back on the condition that he comes on the show next week. Imagine imagine a small podcast like ours having the opportunity to have LeBron and just being like, no, he's banned. <laughs> yeah. Is that a power move, or are we just stooges if we did that? Both. <laughs> Definitely both. <laughs> uh, uh, you, we've already talked about it twice. You already suggested Deacon Hill report to campus a whole year early just so the Badgers can have somebody competent throwing the football uh, this season. Hoppe, Wisconsin looked fantastic against Illinois. Granted, sure did. it's Illinois. It's hard to not look fantastic against Illinois. That's fair. Somebody's going to send me the score of the Purdue-Illinois game from last year after listening to that. But it's hard to not look good against Illinois. Wisconsin <laughs> took care of business. Graham Mertz, 20 for 21. And going back to last season, I think they said at one point he had completed like 12 straight passes going back to he, last he year. He was 9 for 9 absurd. coming in and completed 17 in a row. So he was, whatever that math is, 26 in a row. Yeah, that's absurd. He looked incredible. Five touchdowns and then, you know, he tested positive for COVID. The rumor is right right now that Wisconsin wants to cancel this week's game against Nebraska. Uh, no, that is not the rumor. The rumor is it's up to Wisconsin if they'd like to cancel the game. And... I mean, as long as it's just those two quarterbacks, I don't think you can can't you I don't think you can cancel that game if those two quarterbacks are the only two positives. No. I get that it's a huge blow, but like you can't cancel unless you have a huge outbreak on your team. 
They, they are it. testing. Yeah, they are testing the rest of the team. I did see that. Um, so we'll see, you know, it's Tuesday. So we'll see when we have their, um, their results and if they're going to do the, the spit test or if they're going to make them do the nasal. Um, but yeah, you, you don't want to cause an outbreak. I mean, that's literally the point of playing the football season was around doing it safely and not bringing anybody into the, into the season uh, with too much of a risk. Um, it, it seemed like from Mertz's social media that this kind of comes to as a surprise um, put out like an Instagram story that he was like, let's just let all the facts come out. And then the facts are that he tested positive again. So I, I think that there was, there's something going on there. Uh, I'm not saying as in, let me walk that back. Something going on as in um, maybe somebody he's close to had it and didn't say anything, um, which is certainly possible rather than uh, something going on as in like false like pretenses or falsifying uh, positives or anything like that. If he's positive, he's positive. He's got to sit. But here, let me read you a little something. All right, folks. If you didn't get a chance to read my blog from earlier today, uh, chill out, Badger fans. All right, we were playing Nebraska. Not the best team in the world. Granted, they and did look you're, good you're, early. You're presumably start. Yeah, early. Uh, where they scored 14 points in the first half and three in the second half and lost 52 to 17. They did look good early though. That's what it's about. It's about looking good early. It's not about the full game. It's about first downs, not touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) You want to have a high first down number, but here, let me, let me tell you about our, uh, our presumable starter, Danny Vandenboom, as we get into our first, first week of the big 10. Might be first first team all American. Name. Danny Vandenboom, Danny absolutely fantastic name. DVB is probably – we're probably going to go with the three, the three initial kind of thing. But um, the 13th longest run or 13th longest winning streak in high school sports in the country, 70 straight games. He was a part of the Kimberly Papermakers. All right, as a starter in two full seasons in high school – because we only have one – we have literally – his collegiate stats are one for one, three yards, and a touchdown. So he's literally also perfect. That's a perfect QBR. That is a perfect QBR. That, that it's less, like than, less than that was enough for the Dolphins to say Tua's our guy. So Exactly. Absolutely. That's a great point. But uh, in a stretch that lasted uh, from 2013 – until early uh till august 2018 a stretch of 70 straight wins for the kimberly papermakers danny vandenboom was in the middle of that so he went 28 and 0 as a high school starter three-star recruit coming out of there um absolute fantastic back-to-back state championship winner this kid knows how to win all right that's what we do here when your fourth string quarterback is putting back-to-back uh state championships for his high school team together that's when you know you got some depth all right, 67% in those two years, a little over 4,600 yards, 51 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. Danny Vandenboom, Badger fans, chill out. Let's cheer on our boys. Let's go get a dub against a crap Nebraska team. Let's get our boys some confidence going into Purdue. That's all I'm going to say. That's how I feel. You heard it here first. DVB is undoubtedly winning a Heisman. He's probably going to be the first overall pick in the NFL draft when it comes his time to declare. Okay, Iowa sympathizer, shut up. <laughs> All right, Hoppa, we talked about Wisconsin. I let you. I let you get off to Wisconsin here. 
outside of Wisconsin, which Big Ten team looks the best week one? <laughs> you're you're an asshole for setting me up like this. I'm not baiting you. Trust me, I'm not baiting you. <laughs> I think you are baiting me. You're baiting me to say Indiana because you I know was- I'm not gonna. You know I'm not gonna say Ohio State because that's the easy answer, but I'm but easy answer. But I'm gonna say uh, Indiana. Obviously, a controversial victory against number eight Penn State. Uh, they look really good. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, an insane, an insane score uh, to tie the game at 28. Um, reaching for the pylon, whether he really got there or not, we'll never know. Yeah, because he didn't get it, but that's something else. No, I, everything I saw looked good until I saw one from like behind the pylon to like the side, and I was like, "Oh, that's short, my friends." Yeah, don't you just hate it when I'm right? Last week I told you that Indiana was a team to watch for, and I'm not an IU sympathizer. I actually hate them. If Bloomington burned down. I would just drink my coffee. I wouldn't care. Um, You're terrible. But, uh, that was maybe a little aggressive. But IU is actually not my number one team in terms of who looks the best this week. Granted, IU – Is it Michigan? Great – no. Great win. But I kind of expected it. So I'm not going to say they looked shockingly good when I expected that to happen – I'm not going to homer Purdue here. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. If you want to hear my Purdue thoughts, we've got blogs coming tomorrow. Um, uh, Rutgers also in consideration. My The team that looked the best to me was Northwestern. If you say Northwestern, oh, my God. <laughs> Granted, it was Maryland. Preface, it was Maryland. But Northwestern was a team who just outscored their first six Big Ten games from last year. They scored 43 points against Maryland. I think I saw that they had 41 points combined in their first six Big Ten games last season. They had an offense with no hope, no hope whatsoever. And I kind of just forgot that they had Peyton Ramsey, a top five quarterback in the Big Ten last season, until Saturday morning when I was texting with some Northwestern fans. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I sent two texts. To two different people and I said expect great quarterback play in Evanston tonight and I mean that's just what Peyton Ramsey did the dude delivered Isaiah Bowser truck of a running back also first team all-american in name Isaiah Bowser that's the last name you want on your running back Northwestern's offense was clicking on all cylinders granted again Maryland Maryland the the current Rutgers of the Big Ten Replacing Rutgers and Illinois as the laughing stock is the big of the Big Ten. Maryland, that but Northwestern looked phenomenal. Hats off to Pat Fitzgerald. He's a phenomenal coach. Peyton Ramsey, top five Big Ten quarterback. I think the Cats are going to be the Cats are going to be that team that every fan is like is Northwestern, but every coach is like this could be a trap game. Northwestern is not that bad. They're also just not that good. Yeah. Uh... In that game, they gave up a first quarter field goal to Maryland to go down three to nothing and never looked back. Um, also, people forget, isn't Maryland's quarterback Tua's brother? It is. Yeah, so he he did not look good. 14 of 25, 94 yards and three picks um, for him. So not, not great there. 
Um, but yeah, Northwestern, let's see. Every team in the Big Ten, except for Purdue, who won their game, scored at least 30 points. Yeah, I mean, it was a defensive battle in West Lafayette. Yeah, a surprise for a team that has a, uh, somebody catch 13 balls for 121 yards and three touchdowns. Last season, last year, he caught 13 receptions for 198 yards against Iowa. We also have a congresswoman as our quarterback. So AOC, he was a walk-on four-string quarterback last year. He's now on scholarship and our starter. We also had our starting running back out due to injury, and then our backup rushed for like 140 yards. So things are fine in West Lafayette. Although Rondo Moore is probably not playing anytime soon for some unknown reason, things are fine in West Lafayette. Yeah. And Purdue's also 1-0 when I'm in the press box, just saying. It's the class. It's the classic. Uh, it's that like cartoon dog with his coffee and everything's on fire in the background. That's yeah. it, that's what it's like in Purdue right now. That's what it's West like Austin. at Purdue. But when and that fire is realistically like a five and three season, and I'm okay with that. Hey, that's usually better than playing twelve games and getting five wins. You know, five games and, and eight tries is yeah. I'm nice. used to five win seasons, but not with the number three following the five. <laughs> five and three, that's two. Wait, wait, that's a great that's a great way for it to take out. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow, we have uh some interesting games this weekend uh as we look ahead. Minnesota and Maryland. Uh Minnesota gets absolutely piss pounded by Michigan. Although their um, offense did look good. Well, yeah, I mean mm, did it? When every time I didn't watch the whole game, but every time I watched the game, Tanner Morgan and uh, Mohammed Ibrahim were rolling. That's interesting. Morgan goes 18 of 31, 197, a score and an interception. Ibrahim did have a good game 26 for 140 and two scores. Uh, Milton, for. Uh, what he was kind of hyped to be uh somewhat nice game i mean it's wasn't like ultra amazing it was uh, especially for putting up 49 points. it wasn't an amazing stat line but he did every single thing that he was asked to do and he wasn't asked to really do anything downfield they were really just taking open grass where they could get it and letting their receivers work in space which is something that michigan receivers really haven't been able to do in the past they're more of those go out and catch it kind of guys. So seeing Michigan be able to play short yardage football, make the receivers work in space and just take open turf where, where it was. Um, it was a nice change of pace for Michigan offense. And it kind of gives fans and just ongoing watchers a little bit of hope that this might be a different Michigan team than we've seen in years past. If will it continue? I don't know. We've really yet, we're really just putting our toes in the water in terms of what Joe Milton can do. So it's going to be exciting to see him going forward. Absolutely. So then that's Minnesota-Maryland is Friday night. Michigan State-Michigan. Uh, I imagine Michigan oh, will. Michigan's might, Michigan's Michigan might 50-burger <laughs> Michigan State. I think that's a good possibility as well. Purdue only seven-point favorites over Illinois at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. I mean. You're, if Purdue doesn't cover that team, and then that's some. A, Illinois team that just got 45 dropped and didn't score an offensive touchdown. 
and are only favored by seven. I mean, what are you doing? Hey, I don't care if Purdue wins this game by half a point, as long as they can win and go in and play, go into Camp Randall against the fourth string quarterback and find a way to win the West. That's all that I care about. All right. Interesting. Wisconsin, uh, believe, started as a heavy favorite yesterday, obviously with the emergency news, now only three-point favorites against a Nebraska team. Martinez was like 12 of 15. He ran for like 100 yards against Ohio State. But, I mean, this Badger defense is probably, I would argue, is probably as good as Ohio State's, if not a little worse. But if a little worse is giving up 24 points maybe. On Saturday, that I like those chances. You know, the Badger run game didn't look great against Illinois. Uh, then we have Indiana, only 12-point favorites against Rutgers. I'd get that line if you're a gambler before it goes up because that one's another game that might be a 50-burger. <laughs> yeah, that's as um, as my Western. Can you stop talking and let me get my thoughts in? Hey, my bad. <laughs> yeah. It- <laughs> Indiana going off that big road win in Happy Valley, coming home to a new and improved – they're on the road in Rutgers. Yep. Okay, going in to arguably the toughest place to play in college football, Rutgers. (laughs) College Um, basketball might be a different story. This is one of those games where you can't let yourself get complacent. I know you're riding high. Big word from Big J. Yeah, big words from the Big J. That should be a segment. We can brainstorm that one later. <laughs> um, but Jeez, oh, you, you lost my train. Oh, yeah. IU fans are out here. They're making T-shirts. They're literally making T-shirts commemorating Penix dive to the pylon. Whether or not tip. just the tip. And in most of the pictures, the ball isn't even touching it, which I think is perfect. <laughs> IU fans love to make t-shirts to com- commemorate things like this when they end up having like a 500 season and no one remembers that like seven years down the line unless you're an IU fan. Going into Rutgers, they look, Rutgers offense looked pretty good against Michigan State. Granted, Michigan State had five turnovers, which you're not going to get five turnovers every week. So you have to make the most out of your typical chances if you're Rutgers. I think this is a little bit of a trap game for IU just because they're ranked for the first time in how long. Actually, they might have cracked the top 25 last year, but if they did, it was just a tip. Um, <laughs> they're like 17th right now, which is absurd. Yep. I just thought they'd be good. 17th in the country after one win against a Penn State team that is not as good as their number eight ranking said. Come on, guys. Uh, minus 12, I think Rutgers could – if Rutgers loses this game, I think it's single digits for sure. And Rutgers wow. could even pull out the win here. Wow. Interesting Interesting advice from a guy who doesn't gamble. Uh, then we go uh, in I Iowa. I prefer to win other Western. people money. Yeah. What a, what a nice soul you are. <laughs> Iowa at home against Northwestern. They open as uh, two-and-a-half point favorites uh, against a good Northwestern team. Iowa is kind of getting piss-pounded with some physical games here early in the season, obviously after Purdue sneaks one away at the end, 24 to 20 last week. That's, I think this will be a really, I think this will probably be one of those. I don't know why it's at two 30. This thing should be at 11 o'clock. There should be frost on the ground and this game should be like 17 to 13 or, or like 13 to 10. I think this is the week that the Iowa offense 
kind of gets things. Oh my gets god! I shouldn't have unlo- unleashed this beast. It was. I mean, Petra's first game as a starter, he hadn't really gotten any game time, obviously, because he had Nate Stanley ahead of him. <laughs> I think. I think that he he showed flashes of brilliance last week. He made some good throws. He also made some poor throws over through some re- open receivers, through behind some open receivers. They had a couple drops. Their offense, um, in terms of skill players, they're loaded at the receiver position and the running back position. I think that this is going to be the week that Iowa's offense clicks. I think they really just needed to wake up, get some actual game action. I mean, they were driving. They were going to seal that game against Purdue. And unfortunately for, unfortunately for them, fortunately for me, they fumbled and Purdue was able to get it. And the Congresswoman led a game-winning touchdown drive. Um, I think Iowa's going to be just fine. I expect this to be a shootout, though, if they are going to win this game. I think Peyton Ramsey is going to do Peyton Ramsey things and rip apart this Iowa defense. We've already saw that their secondary is a little weak when you have elite receivers. Does Northwestern have elite receivers? No, but they have a bunch of okay receivers and a bunch of okay receivers. Name one. Exactly. They have a bunch of okay (laughs) receivers who – if you add okay plus okay plus okay plus okay plus okay plus okay, you get one elite receiver. It's hard to cover seven okay receivers. And Riley's Riley Lee's is one of their receivers. So there's one of them. Didn't even have to look wow. it up. My phone's over here. Iowa Northwestern. Expect a shootout. Expect a shootout, folks. All right, then we have. I don't know. Is game day? I don't know if game day is said where they're going to be yet, but. Uh, I imagine 6.30 on ABC gives it a good shot for Ohio State, Penn State in the Valley. Uh, Ohio State currently 12.5-point favorites. Uh, I don't know. I've, we all know Ohio State's going to win. Whether they cover that spread is beyond me. I hammer imagine it. they probably will. 20-point oh, wow. oh, go. Harrison's hammer of the week. Yeah. Boy, the yeah. hammer. That's a, hey, that could be a segment. Look at us coming up with segments just in the middle of the show look at us who would have thought we'd be here <laughs> another running joke on the show but yeah i don't know that we have too much i mean i don't have too much to say i mean ohio state's probably gonna win clifford's probably gonna throw like three touchdowns have them in it in the first half and then throw four like picks. two picks in the fourth quarter to seal it um that being said as we look around um from week eight we talked about some of those big ranked matchups um I would like to shout out North Carolina State for ruining a teaser I had, a six-team teaser. Every other part hit, except you guys, as a ranked team, could not cover 21 points against another ranked team. Oh, man, that really peeved me off. Um, (laughs) So uh, uh, North Carolina won the battle there, 48-21. to Then we had Oklahoma State, number six. 24-21 24-21 victory over Brocktober. Hey, he'll any, be back. Any... He'll be back. He's got a he's got a freaking gimme game against Kansas this week. Still plenty of football left. It's the Big 12. Anything can happen. He'll undoubtedly be in the Big 12 championship playing Oklahoma State again, and it's the revenge game. You can't keep Brocktober down. Brocktober turns to Brovember, turns to Brosember. Absolutely disgusting display of, of – I don't know what you're trying to do there, but 19 for 34, 162 yards, a touchdown and an interception for, um, for Brocktober. 
then we had uh, later on that obviously Michigan throttles Minnesota. And in an interesting, interesting game and something – if we've kind of talked about how this year is so weird and we haven't been paying attention, but Cincinnati number nine on the road at SMU ranks 16, 42 to 13 absolute pummeling from Cincinnati. They're very good. People need to, uh, people need to talk about uh, their quarterback uh, Desmond Ritter a little more. He's, he's basically like, a little bit of a Lamar Jackson in the fact he's not going to really throw the ball all that well, but the kid's got legs. He was 13 of 21, 126 yards and a touchdown had eight carries for 174 yards and three touchdowns though. Uh, as like I said, they pummeled uh, former Texas quarterback Shane Buscelli or how, how are you supposed to say it? And then um, 42 to 13 was the final there. So interesting week of college football um, saw some upsets, saw some, saw some fun stuff and I'm just excited for this week in all honesty. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you have any games you're, you're looking forward to this week, but I just, I don't know. It kind of feels like college football really is back now to me. Yeah. I mean, any week Purdue plays football is a good week for college football. That's all I can say. Hey, you know, you don't get a lot in life, so I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'm moving on now. Seriously. From- <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now from college football to the NFL. Um, interesting week last week. I don't know. I don't know where you – I think we should just – let's just hear your biggest winner right away. My biggest winner this week is Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak Prescott. He's sitting at home with a – Quite a sideways point. Broken as heck ankle. But he is this week's biggest winner – because you've now seen two weeks, two and a half weeks of an Andy Dalton performance at quarterback with probably my coldest take of the year. Yeah, my coldest take of the year. And I say some dumb stuff saying that Andy Dalton was going to be <laughs> just as good a situation as Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. I was so wrong. Andy Dalton's now hurt. The Cowboys are scrambling to find a quarterback, much like my fantasy team is scrambling to find a running back. Dak Prescott's about to get paid. I think of anything that shows you how meaningful Dak Prescott is to that Cowboys team, as loaded offensively as that Cowboys team is, they are absolutely nothing without Dak Prescott. Absolutely nothing. And I don't know if he's going to get paid by Jerry because Jerry is a stooge. He could be reoccurring. Doesn't sound like it. Our boy Sir Yacht, did you see that? Yeah, our boy Sir Yacht says Dak is not going back to Dallas. Dak meet up with my boy Jim Ursay. Come to Indy, please, maybe. But I don't think we can afford him. He's about to get paid, whether it's in New England, whether it's in Cleveland, whether it's in San Francisco, whether it's in Atlanta, Atlanta, Detroit, Houston with Texas Mitch. Speaking of Mitch, the Bears, there's a the Vikings. They have too much money tied up in Kirk. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> potential suitors for Dak Prescott, and it doesn't matter where he goes. He is getting his bag, and it's going to be big. We, we need to have a segment every week where we mention a person who's coming up in free agency, and then you start naming – you just name all 32 teams, but you go in order of who, of who like, needs him the most because you just kept going there. You're just like – 
the Vikings? This team, this team, we just it's just you listing all thirty-two teams. <laughs> but just I, like in a specific order. <laughs> I think I did it last week with Ryan Fitzpatrick too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you're right. The Cowboys team also, ha- I'm pretty sure they uh, signed mostly uh, XFL players. They're, the theme of this show this week might be four stringers. I mean, we're like a four string podcast. Yeah. The we Congresswoman, we have Vanny Banderboom, DVD. whatever his name is. We have whoever the heck the Cowboys are playing now. We have the Colts. Yeah, the offensive the line is, is basically broken. a four string quarterback. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, they're missing a lot uh, defensively and that offensive line. Um, so not only Dak, but that, that's more – I feel like injuries this year is, is as to why there's just no chance for the Cowboys this season. Yeah, big um, facts. Hop a week one biggest winner. My biggest winner this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tough to argue that the only undefeated team in the league is not the biggest winner. Yeah, 6-0. and Played a really good game, especially the first half. Really made Tennessee struggle, um, especially offensively. Um, a couple touchdowns to Deontay Johnson for Roethlisberger, who had a very weird game, 32 of 49, 268 yards, two touchdowns, but three picks. If, if Pittsburgh is going to come out here winning games against really against pretty good teams like a top – five team in the NFL when Ben Roethlisberger turns the ball over three times. That's a scary team. That's a team you're going to have to watch out for, um, especially like you mentioned, the last undefeated team in the NFL. So we're, we're going to have to keep our eyes on the Steelers because they just continue to pummel. That defense is ridiculous. TJ Watt, obviously the leader of that defense, former Badger. I mean, why is, why is anybody surprised about that? I mean, honestly, you shouldn't be. Had three tackles for loss. Another pass defended and a sack, and the guy, the guy's just all over since he's been drafted. Yeah, the the Steelers. I don't want to call them my Super Bowl favorite. I remember when I laughed at you in our predictions when you said that they were going to go like thirteen and three or something stupid. Dude, like that. I, I'm kind of looking smart. People, people forget. I'm pretty sure I said like fourteen and two and walked it all the way back to like ten and six. So so you, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking good right now. You were sitting there, and you were like, "And the Steelers, they're gonna go." And then you looked at your other predictions. You were like, 12 and or thirteen and three." And then you're like, "Oh, oh, I can't believe I said that." And then we just went with it. Yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna have to pull that out. We've got to pull that clip back. I'm gonna hold on to that. Yeah, That's if you, if you find ball. it, I'll put it um, into the show. All right, sounds good. I'm. Can I go first with my biggest loser so you don't take it? You're frozen. Um, sure. All right. Uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones, 80-yard run. <laughs> trips on the 15-yard line. Doesn't score. They end up, I think, punching the ball in. But Daniel Jones, you fucking loser. Fucking... Fucking a man, oh, he's he looked- my biggest. I mean, there's nothing else. We all we all know the clip. We all saw it Thursday night and all through the weekend. I've he's had my such biggest loser. Busy Harrison, last few days here. that I forgot that that was even this week. <laughs> he looked like you. Dude, trying to yeah, run that was that was almost a week ago. To your credit, true. 
Oh man, my week one. Jeez, week one. My week seven. Week seven biggest yeah. loser. Week seven biggest loser is Odell Beckham Jr. And no, it's not because he mm. tore his ACL. It's because he wow. said that he's not getting COVID because they have a mutual respect for each other and he doesn't want it. He should have made he should have made nice with his knee and uh, had some mutual respect there because his ligaments said, go to hell, Odell, and he is now out for the season with a torn ACL. Yikes. Go to hell, Odell. Let's put that on a shirt. Yeah, might as well. Shout out to you for my my chosen one, Graham Mercer. I honestly I might be on the hot seat there. Yeah, Making a shirt a little too early. That. <laughs> it's COVID. Anyways. Yeah, Odell COVID obviously. One. Yeah, COVID one. <laughs> Odell. Oh no, that's <laughs> that's actually really funny. <laughs> but Odell. Odell goes down, uh, the, the ACL non-existent anymore. Uh, we won't see him. And so I think it'll be interesting because, like, usually – We might not ever see him in Cleveland again. Well, that and then people – that's usually like a year – I mean, obviously with medicine now, that that repair is pretty pretty good. So it sounds like – it doesn't sound like anybody's really worried about him playing next season, but, like, Week seven, that's pretty deep into the season. I feel like they usually say like a calendar year for that, unless I'm just dumb. And I just think like modern and modern, modern medicine has just blown past me since like 2015. Yeah, I know back in the day in like 2008, nine, as a Purdue fan, I've had my fair share of experience with star players and torn ACLs. And back then it was a year to a year and a half. And in this guy's case, he tore it twice in a two year span and missed on a couple national championship caliber teams modern medicine that seems like the acl is like a eight ten month rehab these days and i feel like at some point they're just going to have the medicine to be like oh you need an acl here's one and just shove it in there and he's going to be back in like a four-week healing they're just like stem selling acls for athletes it's just like uh it's like a blood drive you just get yours and go exactly that's exactly what it is it's like the drive up COVID test where they just throw it in there and say oh you're on your way see you in four weeks oh you're on your way (laughs) oh man anyways let's get your final biggest takeaway from the NFL in week seven Harrison you know why don't you go first oh why don't I go first I'll go first my biggest takeaway kind of plays off of, I think it was last week, I'm pretty sure, of, um, that ev- any given Sunday that anybody can win. Um, I think I might be walking that back. Um, this, year we, <laughs> this year we pretty much, after patting myself on the back for the last like 10 minutes, we're walking this one back. We pretty much in the NFL this year, you are either like, you're like good and you're like four and two or you're shit and you're like two and four to this point. Um, (laughs) In my opinion, like you have Miami, you have Vegas, you have Detroit, and then I'll throw in Carolina because they're three and four. Those are those, uh, those four teams are three and three and then Carolina three and four. Otherwise everybody else has either two wins or four more wins. So it's like, I feel like you're either good or you're ass. 
And so at this point in the season, like uh, with the trade deadline coming up, we'll see if there's any action and any movement or um, between teams. But it's like, it's pretty much just like, all right, let's kind of figure out where the playoff seedings are, see how many teams are in it with the extra guy, extra team. And you can pretty much just plug it in and play with the seedings from there, I feel like. But that that's my biggest takeaway. Interesting. Because yeah. if you looked at last week's scores, you would have been like, anybody can beat anybody. And then you see the 49ers just lay it on the Patriots this week, and that kind of reinforces that. You had the Bengals taking the Browns to the wire. That kind of plays into it. Yeah. Yeah, you see, like, some of these games, but then at the end of the day, the better teams won the game. It's just like, that's just what it is. And so we'll we'll see what happens. Um going forward but especially I think uh like the Cardinals too beating the Seahawks the Cardinals are just like good and that's just like what it is it's not like this weird like eight and eight seven and nine Cardinals team like yeah, they're like five teams. and two or five and three or something like that yeah I think they're four and two officially I think but, they have five wins well you're right they're five and two yeah the, the worst team in that division has four wins three yeah. five win teams yeah exactly so I feel like you're either good or you're just ass this year. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how many good teams there there really are, obviously, as we move into later in the season. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is that the most valuable player in the NFL right now is Jameis Winston. Really? Heard Why me? is that? Jameis Winston is the most valuable player in the NFL right now because as you're seeing with Dallas being a prime example – Backup quarterbacks are vital. And there are so many teams who are friends, playoff contenders, friends, Super Bowl contenders that are in need of a quarterback that's just going to get them over the hump into the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. And Jameis Winston is the best, best backup quarterback that you could possibly trade for right now. And if the Cowboys, with their offensive firepower, could land somebody like Jameis. I said Andy Dalton was going to be in a good spot to succeed. Jameis Winston might throw for 5,000 yards in like 10 games. <laughs> that puts the Cowboys in the immediate driver's seat in the NFC East, which is not saying much, but it puts them right back in contention no. with CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and then Zeke, and then you have Jameis Winston hawking the football around. He might throw 15 interceptions. He's also going to throw like 45 touchdown passes. Jameis Winston could potentially get the Saints like a second-round draft pick or more in return. He's the, by far the most valuable asset on the market right now because he has control uh, I mean, and he's not that expensive. Yeah, He can throw the ball with the best of them. Do you need me to go like rank yeah, I mean, I don't and order all 32 teams? <laughs> no, God, no, please don't. <laughs> please do not do that. Uh, that being said, I mean, you're, I don't think you're far off there. I mean, there's a lot of teams right now. Um, I know that like, it feels like people are saying uh, Atlanta is increasingly in the quarterback market, whether they're going to go via draft and see what happens with Matt Ryan or, um, whatever whatever any team plans on doing, um, a lot of these teams, like you said, could use a backup quarterback to then start. I mean, same thing with Fitzpatrick. I mean, I don't know if they're going to – the Dolphins are going to try to keep him in a role 
um, as a backup where if this two experiment experiment, which I am very excited to see how that plays out this week. And you can definitely get excited for that episode because I'm sure there'll be knee jerk reactions out the wazoo next week from me on that. But um, Fitzpatrick, I don't know if he's a viable trade option right now. Um, but obviously like, I mean, Jameis literally last year, what was it like almost, what was it? 5,030 touchdowns and 30 picks. Like, yeah, he's going to throw the ball around the yard. It's going to land in the other team's arms sometimes, but Hey, yeah, why not? Why not give him a shot and see what happens? Yeah. I mean, starting pitchers give up home runs every now and then that doesn't mean they're not Cy Young candidates. Hey, this is going to throw a couple interceptions, but he's probably going to throw a couple more touchdowns. He fixed his eyeballs. He looked great in his off-season training videos. Yeah, the one of the swinging bag from above his head. Yeah, that one looked really Absolutely weird. electric. Yeah. Did you see Did you see the one, not to go on a, on a Jameis Winston training video tangent, but did you see the one – that PFT commenter like put to uh, some like, I don't even know what song it was, but he was like twisting. He was basically doing uh, like the karaoke or whatever, like, like a lot of soccer players mm-hmm. do where they twist back and forth. It was basically that with like some very great dancing music. <laughs> and <laughs> I just like, I like couldn't stop laughing. Just J- Jameis is a great laugh in the NFL. He's also a great quarterback in the NFL, and I would happily welcome him, him into Indianapolis. That would be interesting. Interesting. I would uh, – I think that could make Indy, like, pretty pretty scary on top of a really good defense. Maybe, somebody may be getting the ball to T.Y. Hilton. Not a half bad idea. Yeah, you'll Unless actually he's actually just bad. T.Y. Hilton instead of T.Y. Motel 6. Ha, Nice. That's that's got to be one of your favorite jokes. You just it really I bet is. you say that twice a day, don't you? You know, every sun every Sunday, I'm just like still applies. <laughs> Speaking of, as you said, Cy Young pitchers giving up homers. Blake Snell has not done that to this point. I was gonna say I literally He's just through. looked three seconds ago when it was one nothing. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing in a game six update. He's still dealing uh, as he works with two outs here in the bottom of the fifth, uh, only giving up one hit with, uh, I think it's still eight, probably is nine now. Yeah, nine Ks uh, and 68 pitches. So Dodger, or the Rays looking to force a game seven. Uh, and so I think if you don't mind, this is where I'm going to take the floor and lecture. We have Hoppa's lecture of the week. Week, 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 week. <laughs> thank you, thank you. What a great intro that was. All right, so this is a topic I've been getting, uh, I've been close to lately. I feel like I've been having this conversation. I'll make it short and sweet. I'm really going to hit on these bullet points, all right? So the question is, is it appropriate to wear a jersey after, I think people generally say like 21 or just well, how, like wearing a jersey in general. And I've decided that my stance on this take is wear whatever the heck you please. All right. Whether you're 45, whether you're 15, 25, 65, 105, I don't care. If you want to wear a jersey out in public, that's fine. Here's where I draw the line on a non-game day. All right. Like, like obviously, like, it doesn't apply. Now, that being said, if you're wearing a jersey and you're, like, on a road trip, like, say the 
Packers are playing in Illinois or something like that, and I'm I'm down there that Saturday, Packer jersey might apply. That being said, I hope you have something to wear for Sunday because, you know, if you wear a shirt back-to-back days, I feel like that's kind of gross. Anyways, that's just my opinion there. So I'm okay with that, like, the day before. Day after is a little weird. Um, but I just, like, think because – and I'm sure, as you heard, uh, a podcast that we listened to uh, had an episode last week uh, kind of talking about this, the golf podcast that we listened to. I didn't listen. He didn't listen. Never mind, folks. Um, but and I know we had this debate uh, with the student union guys, and I had it in another group chat. But um, it, if people get weird, especially like I think there's a point where if you're like 28 and you get the jersey of like your young stud player who's like 23, 24, that things get weird. I don't, I just don't. I don't think I see it that way anymore. I think it's just like I think it's high time we just don't judge people for what they're wearing. All right. And I know one of the arguments made, um, too, is, like, why why it feels like your man card's being taken by this kid who's, like, four years younger than you and uberly more successful. It's like, well, I mean, like, I, I don't have the body to be a professional athlete, so I'm just going to buy a jersey, pay the $100, and support my team and give them revenue to, like, continue bringing in talent to support this guy. I don't know. I've been on, if you, if you followed me for a while or um, read any of my, like my blogs before um, I always preach, like when you have a good team, support the team by buying the overpriced beer, buying the ridiculously priced shirts and all that stuff, like buy the merchandise you want. And if that merchandise is a Jersey, I think you should do it. That being said, I know one thing that was brought up uh, in this podcast that we were talking about is like, what if you're like closer to like a player? Um, and I know like you have uh, friends that are like very good athletes and that kind of stuff. And I was thinking like, obviously, so the, the person that we're referring to has friends that are uh, the, the players on his favorite hockey team. And it's just like, I thought about it and I was like, well, for me, like I would wear a Deacon Jersey on a Saturday. Like, you know, it's not like we're like super boys or anything like that, but like, I'm going to support the guy. Like when he's starting for my team and being a stud, like I'm going to wear a Deacon Jersey. Like, heck yeah. Like he's good. Like if someone can get me an AJ Cole Raiders Jersey, I'll rock the heck out of that. Granted, he's the punter. It's going to be hard to find, but if you can find me one, I'll wear it. Exactly. So like, and like the other thing was uh, the other argument that was brought up, obviously, because it, it was a golf podcast is like, well, like you're not going to wear like a Justin Thomas jersey, but I think I speak for both of us, and you can give me your opinion. Is like, like I want, I would love a Tiger Woods hat. Like, yeah. I would love, like if Xander Shoffley had like like a, a branding like logo, like I would wear that. You wear you wear the the DeChambeau hat. Yeah, I wear the Bryson hat. I have a Tiger hat. I've been trying to find myself a Tiger Woods mock neck. You, the only reason people wear RLX golf stuff, unless they're a country club snub, um, is because of Justin Thomas. It's like you, you see your favorite golfers on, on Sunday wearing their sick gear, and you're like, I want that look. And you go and you buy it. Yeah, you sent, you sent me you, at uh, the range that you work at. You sent me like Gary Woodland's like, 2018 version Puma girl or gear 
Gary Woodland's line of Puma gear, and you own yeah. one of the Gary Woodland shirts now. Yeah, like I've like I've yeah, I'm like he's not one of my favorite golfers, but like Gary Woodland's like pretty sick golfer. Like I I like wearing that at work. Like I hope somebody says like is that like Gary Woodland shirt, but like like yeah, like that's a great talking point. So I don't know. That's where I I decided when I heard that debate and like having it lately. Wear what you want. Wear a jersey. Support your boys. Like, do what you know. Bring your team revenue. I think that's where I stand. That is my election. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't know except. if you have any comments, questions, or concerns on that. I'd agree. I would just say, uh, don't wear a basketball jersey unless you're going to a beach, a frat party, or a music festival. Because basketball jerseys just look weird once you are out of college because they're like tank tops and they just don't look good oh yeah i mean certainly like nothing know like, your body <laughs> yeah know your body like yeah i mean that's understandable that's just like having a sense of style but like you know i like i'm i'm down for like in december when it's snowing and i try to walk to, well i probably not this year but like when i walk to the coal center from one of the parking one of the parking uh garages like the whole the the hoodie with the basketball jersey over sick look if you can rock that which i i can't great look i think you're like you're sick if you can rock that i can't but even better look that everybody can rock is the hoodie with the hockey jersey over it oh my dude one of the best fits oh i can't believe i just said that Dude, word. wisconsin and western michigan and i think north dakota also does this the hockey jerseys that have the lettering going diagonal down the jerseys yes phenomenal dude it's one of the best letter like it's one of the most visually appealing things like the rangers do it too the rangers have yep. sick jerseys i love yeah. that dude i really want i really want like uh i need a new um badger sweater so bad i had i had one and then it like ripped on the top but i I need it so bad especially how do you feel about the hockey jerseys that have the like strings right there dude i love them okay i think they're sick my my charlie mcavoy bruins one was my first my second hockey jersey my first one with the strings it does look a little funky when it fits a little big and you have the strings from your hoodie and the strings from the jersey and they're both tied it looks like you're wearing double bow ties it's kind of weird but the hockey jerseys with the strings are so sick. It looks so old school. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, like I said, at this point in, the, in that debate, like, I mean, okay. I got my, gra- my grandpa, my mom and I bought my grandpa, my 75-year-old grandpa, a long sleeve jersey of Jared Aberderis for the Packers. Obviously, he didn't last there long, didn't really play there, but it's something he wanted really bad, something he, he was like, one of the things that I, I wanted more than anything was a shirt of his. Got him it. My grandpa looked fucking sick on Sunday, dude. Like, I get it's like a long sleeve jersey and it's not quite a jersey, but he was the happiest I've seen him in a long time. He was just enjoying the pack game, watching it with his great granddaughter. Like, he was in such a good mood. Like, rock your jersey if you got it, whether it's a jersey or a legit jersey. That's. Yeah, my- I feel liberated. My grandpa's a Cubs fan, and in 2016, when the Cubs finally won a World Series in his lifetime, I bought him a Chris Bryant World Series patch jersey, and he wears that to the bowling alley for his bowling leagues 
He has like the old school Cubs like satin starter jacket that like buttons up that like the managers used to wear in the dugout. He puts yeah. that over it. And then I got him a, a Cubs World Series hat like from the uh, the ring ceremony day with like the gold outlining. I got him one of those too. And he rocks that Cubs fit to the bowling alley all the time. Dude, that's that's so sick. One of my uh, – the one that my dad – like, I think dads, if you can get them, like, the, the good player from, like, the 60s or 70s, like, when they were a kid, that's a great jersey or jersey to get, too. Um, like, my like my dad had, like, a Ray Nitschke one at one time, like, a big 66. Like, my dad's, like, six-foot, a little bit bigger kind of guy. Like, good look for him. Like, there's oh, – yeah. we might have to do a top five sports fits – Top five sports fits well, snake draft. Yeah, my dad, he yeah. was a Pirates fan growing up. Dave Parker was his favorite player. I've been looking for a throwback Pirates Dave Parker jersey since I was like 10. Fun fact, one of the one of the sickest baseball hats is the, the double Pirates, yellow line. Double, yeah. With the, with the like thick. Um, thick black. Yeah, with then, the like, like where it's like bill. bigger than like a normal hat. Yeah. Yeah, those are so sick. Oh man, we could probably talk about sports fits forever. How about you guys tell us? You, you know, comment wherever you see this on the blog, on the when Student Union promotes this. What is your favorite sports outfit? Maybe even post a picture. If you have a picture from like a World Series celebration, Super Bowl, Sally, whatever you have, post it in the comments below when student union sports tweets this episode yeah we're talking we're talking to you jenna we're talking to you Paige. we're talking to you ally we're talking to you mama hopwood we're talking to oh those are our four loyal listeners that i know of i know we have like 135 more um yeah tweet at us tweet at me tweet at him tweet at student union your favorite sports fit of all time yeah Picture or not, whatever you want. Who cares? Um, that Pick, being said. Picture it didn't happen. Don't describe that's it. That's where I stand. And I think it's time for us to. Yeah, I think we are well yeah, past yeah, when the bell rung. Let's do it. Mom, if you. Yeah, mom, if you, if you end up posting a picture of you wearing my jersey, I'm going to disqualify you. So, <laughs> all right. Make it something. Make it something good, mom. <laughs> all right guys the bell has <laughs> rung that is it for this week's episode of lecture hall thank you guys for listening don't forget to go to gibbsgrooming.com use promo code hall 15 h-a-l-l-1-5 for 15 percent off your order i hope you enjoyed the interview with sammy that will probably not be the last time that someone from the hill family is on the show um yeah and enjoy this weekend we have two more football. sisters interview and parents no <laughs> We're just not going there. <laughs> Have a good weekend, guys. Class is dismissed.